So welcome to Join Tonic. This is Maria Sharp, your host, and today we have our first guest. How exciting. I'm nervous because I don't know what I'm doing, but it's fine. <laughs> um, yeah, so our first guest is Katie from Muse Room. Uh, Katie, why don't you tell us about yourself? Sure. Um, thank you so much for having me on your podcast. I'm really excited to be here chatting because podcasting is my favorite thing to do. Yeah, I'm Katie. I have had the podcast Muse Room for a year now, and... Before that, I was a professional full-time dancer, so I went to school for dance, and then one day I thought that I just wanted to do, do something creative, so I started the podcast. So when you say do something creative, don't you think that dance is pretty creative? Um, <laughs> yeah, I think dance is creative, um, and there are many ways that you can be creative with it. For a while, I was just kind of letting all of the creativity be decided by the choreographer mm -hmm. and I wasn't really utilizing my creativity I was just kind of doing the steps and in some ways sometimes it would get more creative depending on who was chore choreographing like my friend Mary Elizabeth would have really collaborative pieces so we would get to use our creativity but I just wanted to do something outside of dance and just use my brain in a different way because I had been only dancing for, I don't know, since I was eight years old up until, well, I mean, I started when I was three, but that was, Jeez. yeah, <laughs> um, up until this past December, it was just my life, and I just wanted to know what it was like to just be something else and just understand what, what else I can do that, that isn't dance. I 100% relate to that as a photographer mm -hmm. who's been shooting since I was a child. Well, a child in high school. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, it's... Did you play sports or anything? No, I had no other skills. Mm -hmm. I, like, was a cheerleader for, like, a minute, and mm -hmm. then my mom made me quit, but... <laughs> yeah, I didn't do sports at all. I would just go to school, and then afterwards I was... I would just go to dance and and then I would come home and do homework and that was my life and after I graduated high school I went to the University of Cincinnati College Conservatory of Music and literally lived in a dorm with dancers and actors and musicians and so I was just always surrounded by that and when I was in college I was mainly focused on dance we would have some academics but it just I mean I didn't even have to take a math class which I was happy about same <laughs> <laughs> yeah um and our academics were just kind of a joke but and I thought about ma like minoring maybe doing like journalism or writing of some sort mm -hmm. and it was just really hard with our schedule to fit those classes in so I just ended up just dancing mm -hmm. for four years straight and just being in the studio and just thinking about dance so yeah so when you um, decided to major in something, did you consider anything else besides dance? And, like, why did you decide on dance? Uh, before I decided to go for dance, I was kind of thinking about 
not dancing. At the end of high school, I was just kind of wondering if I wanted to take it seriously or continue to take it seriously because I was already taking it pretty seriously. And I thought about majoring in journalism. That's probably what I would have done if I wasn't dancing. There was just a big part of me that just still wanted to dance and I wanted to dance with a company and I wasn't quite ready for it to join an actual company so I just needed those extra years to train and just be a student. I mean there wasn't really like oh I want to major in dance because blah blah blah. I just wanted to be a dancer and I wasn't ready to go into a career right away so I just was like okay I'll do this. Yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you watch This Is Us at all? Yes. Have you been relating to Beth's storyline? Um, yes. <laughs> I'm, yeah, okay, I didn't see the, I think there was a, an episode that I haven't seen yet. I think I watched pretty much everything that was on Hulu, um, but yeah, I do relate for sure, um, but not as much anymore. Well, in a, in a way, because, you know, she was doing something else and decided to shift her career completely, which is what I'm doing, but just kind of the opposite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we talked a little bit about how you got started with dance, so what, did you have like a light bulb moment when you kind of decided you wanted to maybe transition into something else? Um, when I first started the podcast, I didn't have any intention to transition out of dance. I just thought it was going to be just something, just a side hustle, just something that I can do when I, and hopefully maybe eventually it would pay me some and replace the income that I was getting from my side jobs of teaching and working in a restaurant. Um, and that's really all that I thought I wanted out of it. And then just over the past year, um, from since I started and into like December, I had just been kind of going back and forth with whether or not I wanted to continue dance and I would go I mean there would be some months where I was really into it and I really wanted to keep working hard and get better um but then there were months where I just really didn't I didn't want to do it I didn't want to go to work I didn't want to I like just I would think about just oh I have to wake up tomorrow and drive 40 minutes to go to a rehearsal and then spend all of this time rehearsing not getting paid very much, and then drive another 40 minutes to go teach dance when I don't even really love doing that very much. And I just kind of realized it was also a money thing. Um, Just I had to rely on my parents a lot and to help me pay my student loans and stuff like that. And when they they're not rich people at all um so I just realized it was really starting to take a toll on them and I just knew at one point that it really just wasn't going to be sustainable anymore and I don't think I had the drive and the passion for dance as much as I used to and like if you want to be a dancer and you really, 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 like, that has to be, like, the only thing, Mm -hmm. because it is so, it's such a grind, just, you don't get paid very much at all, like, Mm -hmm. it's just really hard to sustain yourself, so I just, you know, I didn't think it was worth it anymore. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Makes sense. Mm -hmm. With transitioning out of dance, did you kind of find yourself in a weird place where you, like, weren't really sure, like, 
what you identified yourself as, like, mm-hmm. just kind of those weird things? Did people kind of take it hard when you were telling them, you know, I'm transitioning out of it? Like, what were kind of those experiences? Yeah. Um, people didn't really take it hard. My parents, I mean, actually, I think my parents were kind of expecting it. And I think just my colleagues probably were a little bit surprised. I I mean, I had one really, I mean, all of my colleagues at the dance company were, I was really close to, but one of them that I was, that I would mainly talk to, um, she was probably a little bit sad to see me leave. And I think my boss really just understood and he realized that I did have other things that I wanted to do with my life. So he was, he's always been really supportive of people coming in and out and, um, just trying to figure out what, where they want to be in life. Mm -hmm. So I think maybe down the road, if I wanted to get back into dance, I could probably talk to him and, you know, he would be open to maybe having me come back. Mm -hmm. So no one really took it hard, but for my identity, I would say I, I have, that's something I'm probably still working on. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm trying to decide if I want to strip that um, identity of being a dancer Mm -hmm. away from me. And I think for right now, I kind of do, even though it's kind of hard because I'm still teaching. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I also feel a lot of imposter syndrome just because for the past four, six years, I guess, like, I wasn't really thinking about, I don't know, I was just, my brain was mainly used for dance, Mm -hmm. and I had, the only work experience that I've had has been as a dancer and in a restaurant, so I was like, holy crap, like, how am I even going to make a living? Like, I don't know what I'm gonna do. I mean, I knew a little bit, like, I know, I knew at that point that I wanted to have a business, but how am I, I don't know, I just felt a lot of imposter syndrome, I would say. Mm -hmm. I don't know when this episode is going to come out, so I will say all of this. I definitely relate to everything you're saying Mm -hmm. because I'm, you know, possibly trying to make a transition, like, out of photography. And so, yeah, that's why I'm asking you all these questions. Oh, my gosh. I had no idea. And so so not not do, like, podcasting full-time or anything, Mm -hmm. but just, like, literally anything else. Yeah. Um, I definitely relate to, like, a lot of things you're saying. You just, like, don't really feel the passion for it anymore Mm -hmm. and – like, I also feel that I have other skills that mm-hmm. I can contribute to society versus, like, taking photos. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, it's hard. And realizing that is a really great step to take. Mm-hmm. It's just, it can be really scary after doing something for so long and thinking that it's going to be what you do for the rest of your life. Like, I thought I was just going to be a dancer until I was 30 and then have kids and teach dance for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. Like, I really didn't think about anything else that I could have done so yeah I think it's really hard to like come to terms with it yourself and then like also start telling people like every person I've told about like wanting to transition out of photography they're so surprised and they're like really like just like how you responded (laughs) like people are like very surprised by it and I think I don't know it just it, it is what it is. Like, when you when you decide what you want to do for the rest of your life when you're, like, 18, mm-hmm. you know, you, you haven't lived any life. Like, there's I, so many other things oh you could gosh. do. Yeah, that's, that's something I've talked about on my podcast before. I don't understand why there's so much press, pressure 
when someone graduates high school to know what they're want to, going to want to do for the rest of their your life because your brain's not even fully developed yet. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Um, and I think it's totally okay for us to change our mind and it doesn't mean that we're flighty and indecisive. It just means that we're humans and we are ever evolving and growing and it's not always going to be the same and change is good. I don't know. I feel like it was very taboo to like not have a career change and to just like figure out what you're going to do for the rest of your life when you're a kid and just like, I don't know. I was very set in the ways of like having a plan and like sticking to it. Mm -hmm. And then when like those things didn't like like, when I didn't get married at 25, and, like, when I wasn't starting to have kids already, Mm -hmm. and, like, all these other things, like, I was very in my head about the plans, and so when I finally started to just, like, let them go and be, like, okay, well, like, you need to adjust your expectations because, like, these things aren't happening, and then I was just, like, well, if I'm not married, and I don't have kids, I guess I can just change my career, too. Let's just Mm -hmm. throw it all in there. (laughs) I know. I know. The social norms, they get us. Yeah. It's a problem. Mm Mm-hmm. Can I ask why or what you're thinking about Yeah. for transitioning or what you want? Do you have an idea what you want to do? Uh, I have a little bit of an idea. Basically, like, like you said with dance, like, you don't have, like, much experience doing anything else. Like, my, like, bachelor's is a BFA. Like, mm-hmm. you can't get a whole lot with that. And a BFA in photography? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And, like I, like I said, I didn't have to take math. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so I'm really interested in, like, community stuff, Cleveland, mm-hmm. um, I've been applying to a lot of, like, marketing and, like, social media oh, jobs, cool. which is, like, any place that would hire me would be cool. I would love, like, a steady income mm-hmm. and, like, maybe benefits. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's something that I'm not sure about. My parents keep telling me that I need to figure, you know, insurance. I'm gonna be, tw- I'm 25. I have a year to figure that out Mm -hmm. but yeah steady income would be nice but now I'm like I don't want to really have like a full-time steady income job I want to have my own business so yeah I don't know (laughs) makes sense but as as you will quickly learn you know having your own business it has lots of lots of pros and cons (laughs) yeah I mean I can imagine and I'm going through that I definitely see cons just staying motivated is like one of them just like being on in a routine is something that I haven't figured out yet and I guess just I guess I don't know I well, I don't know why I'm saying learning is a con I guess that's a pro <laughs> it's just you know the struggle mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. all right so we talked a lot about um your transition out of dance and into trying to do podcasting full-time um I'm assuming that that had a lot to do with your joy <laughs> So, um, did, were you thinking about, you know, your happiness and things like that when you were trying to make that, make the transition or was it more about, um, just being, finding another way to make money? Like, I don't know. Talk, talk about joy. I definitely, it definitely had to do with joy and I was worried that if I would have stayed any longer that, it just would have, like, completely sucked all love that I have for dance, and I still love dance, and I I really love the company that I was with. The company did bring me a lot of joy, but it was just, like, constantly thinking about all the other things that I could be doing, you know, that made me really want to stop and, you know, go and 
and just, just stop dancing. Um, and I think that if I didn't realize that sooner, that a lot of the joy would have been sucked out of dance for sure. I don't, I didn't, I guess I didn't really think too much about how joy like played into it. It was more, yeah, I guess more about just thinking about the life that I am, that I wanted to have Mm -hmm. and thinking about how I could get there, which I guess is related to joy as well. You know, designing your life in the way that you want. Do you worry that podcasting is going to get like, you know, boring or like tedious or Mm -hmm. something like you won't enjoy that anymore? Um, I mean, right now I'm actually kind of like going through a little bit of an inspirational rut. I mean, I had a great interview right before this that I did and it, you know, after every interview I kind of get rejuvenated Mm -hmm. and I remember why it makes me joyful. Um, but then there are times, I think with anything, any career that you're in, there are times where you're just not motivated and you just don't want to do it. Mm -hmm. Um, but I don't think... I don't know. I don't think podcasting is really going to be, I don't think it'll happen. I don't think it'll be the same experience that I had with dance, especially because before I decided to, you know, make dance my career, I was already interested in journalism. Mm -hmm. And so I ended up coming back to that in the first place. So yeah, I mean, who knows? Maybe I will get really bored of it, but right now I'm not. Well, Actually, I, I just said <laughs> earlier that I was, but you know, you know what I mean. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, okay, what's like the hardest thing about podcasting for you? Hmm, hardest thing. That's a really good question. I would say just right before I do an interview, I like I get really excited about it the week like a week before like when I'm planning it and then an hour before I'm like why did I do this why did I put this on my plate like why why did I schedule this for today I just don't want to go and then once I'm there I'm you know and we get to talking it it's easy and it feels good and you know I'm inspired after that I guess it's like, the social media aspect of it. Mm. Like, I haven't posted on Instagram in five days, and I just really don't want to. I hear that. (laughs) (laughs) Like, uh, and then just going on Instagram and seeing all the other podcasters that I love and how much they're posting, and I'm like, shiz, should I be, like, I need to be posting more often, and it's just, I think it's the pressure of social media, Mm -hmm. which I really like social media, and I like Instagram because it connects us with so many people, Mm -hmm. and I really wouldn't even know of half my guests if it weren't for social media, but it just makes me feel like I'm not doing the best job. When When I think back, like, I am producing I think good content. I'm proud of what I produce, but when I am comparing myself on social media, I think about, wow, maybe I'm not. So, yeah. Comparison is the thief of joy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It is, I would say. And it's so hard not to compare yourself to others. And it's, it's just something you have to keep reminding yourself of. For sure. Yeah. And I guess editing, um, I don't mind it because... Like, I wouldn't want to outsource it just because I feel like it wouldn't be as much mine. Mm-hmm. And I just, 
really, really, really like podcasting, so I do like it, even though it just, it does take me forever. Editing, like, hour and a half long interviews, you know, it take, it'll take, like, four hours of my time. Well, it's, it's because I, I'll listen to it, Mm -hmm. and... I'll, like, take notes of what I want to include in the show notes, and then I'll, like, go through, and sometimes I'll combine it. Like, I'll, as I edit stuff out, I'll take show notes, mm-hmm. and, like, just, like, the constant, like, pausing, like, okay, let me edit this out, and it just ends up taking a really long time, and then I like to listen to it all the way through afterwards to make mm-hmm. sure there's not, like, a random three minutes of nothing mm-hmm. happening, and so sometimes that does get kind of frustrating, but yeah. I still enjoy doing it. Mm-hmm. So what's your favorite thing about podcasting then? I think it's um, the connection. Uh, and it really that's the main reason I started the podcast was I was living in Cleveland for about a year and I didn't really feel like I had friends and I didn't feel like I was part of the community at all. So I kind of selfishly started the podcast so that I could feel like I was contributing to the community. That's smart. Yeah. (laughs) So I think that really is my favorite part about it. Um, I've been able to connect with so many people. So uh, what advice do you have for people wanting to connect to their community? Hmm. Um, Message people on Instagram and be like, hey, let's get coffee. The worst that they can say is no. I think just being okay with putting yourself out there, even if you don't feel confident yet. And I think practicing that will eventually give you the confidence. Um, And just going to events, even though they're scary and you feel really awkward. I mean, I still do sometimes. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, that and... um, Yeah, I think just... I think just reaching out to people, honestly, because people are more willing to, you know, I think about when I reach out to people that I think are these amazing, like, small business owners, like, they've been in business for five years, they have a huge following, and I think, why would they want to talk to me? But chances are that they will want to talk to you. Mm -hmm. So I think just being, getting past the fear of reaching out to people. Uh, do you have a favorite guest that you've had on the podcast? Hmm. Um, wow, that's hard. Uh, yikes. It's gonna suck to say, to say this, but it might be one of the people that aren't from Cleveland. <laughs> I mean, but, I don't know. There's so many people that were good. Um, Catlin Tigua, who I interviewed, she's from New York and she has a podcast as well. I really loved that conversation. But for, from people, for people from Cleveland, I would say maybe Stephanie from The Flea was one of my favorites. Um, uh, Laura from Free Period Press. Um, creative babes i haven't put that one up yet but I'm, i really love that one just because we were like hanging out at alexis's house on the couch drinking coffee and it just felt really cozy and i don't know we had a good conversation i can't really pick a favorite i guess <laughs> well a lot of the people that she just mentioned i will also be interviewing mm-hmm. <laughs> do you have a dream guest wow um kendrick lamar <laughs> Or Barack Obama, or, 
was the other person I was thinking? Terry Gross. <laughs> um, wow. All of those people. Like, uh, I just want to pick their brains and uh, just ask them about how they got to where they are. Um, if you could do one thing differently with the podcast, what would you do? Mm, I think it would be nice to have a co-host. Oh, mm-hmm. interesting. But now that I'm this far in, yeah. I don't know if I would want to bring someone else into that, just because I like have a vision for it. And I, the reason I didn't have one was probably just because I wanted it to just be mine, mm-hmm. and I didn't want to share. I didn't. I wanted to just you know focus on my ideas. But now that I think of it, I think it would be really nice to have someone else pick up the slack and just have someone to bounce ideas off of because, I mean, I can talk to my other friends that are doing other creative things, but I feel like I don't want to take advantage of them and, like, you know, talking to business coaches, but I I just feel like if there was someone else that was, like, actually going through what I was going through to have and to be able to talk to them... I think that would be so nice and even for interviews just not having to be the only one who's carrying the conversation just to have someone else to Mm -hmm. pick it up where you you know if you if there's a follow-up question that needs to be asked and you don't have it maybe your co-host does so that would be really nice but I don't think at this point it would make sense interesting (laughs) Mm -hmm. very interesting point Mm mm-hmm Okay, so we haven't talked about your book club yet. So mm-hmm. what was your reasoning for adding a book club to Muse Room? Yeah. I, again, wanted connection, and I wanted to have some sort of event, and I just didn't really know how I could make that happen. I knew I loved reading self-help books and just books that inspire me, so I thought that would be a great w- thing to connect on with other people. Um, I... My goal with Muse Room is to turn it into a physical room, physical space, and for it to be a space for podcasting and events and co-working and dance classes, yoga classes, workshops, all of the things. So I thought that the book club would be a good way to kind of gauge interest and practice doing that kind of thing before... I actually fully like have a space that it's committed to. Mm-hmm. That's, that's smart. I don't think a lot of people know that about it. So that's mm-hmm. yeah. That's I smart. try not to talk about it too much because I'm like, no, no one steal my idea. But I think that's silly. I think you should talk about your ideas, and people will support you. Yeah, but mm-hmm. I I hear that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, so you've been doing your podcast for about a year or more now. Uh-huh. Year I think year and a half the first episode was out like end of march early april okay mm-hmm. um and then you launched muse room media so mm-hmm. what was was that always your plan no. so <laughs> can you talk about how you kind of got there yeah i think it's like the book club it's another facet of what i want muse room to be as a whole and i was just trying to figure out a way to make podcasting my job in a way and i had been producing my own podcast for a year, so I learned quite a bit from doing that myself, editing and, you know, reaching an audience and interviewing and just literally just how to make your own podcast. Mm -hmm. I want people to have a podcast. Like, I know there's so many people that want to have a podcast and they just don't think that it's possible for them and I want to help that. 
I want to help them realize that it is possible and help them get it out into the world. So, I mean, my dream would be to have, like, a mini NPR. (laughs) (laughs) That would be kind of, like, another facet of the physical space. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's just kind of, yeah, one of the facets of what Muse Room is. That makes a lot of sense. And actually, the building we're in right now, I don't know if you're familiar with Front Porch people slash media but it's the same building really yep they're downstairs oh my gosh i should go say hi (laughs) (laughs) that's really cool okay so we haven't really talked about podcasting as a whole Mm -hmm. so i feel like podcasting kind of had like a little it's it's moment Mm -hmm. a few years ago and then it kind of like fell by the wayside a little bit and now it's back so Mm -hmm. like do you think podcasting is gonna go away again do you think what what do you think about the future of podcasting i hope it doesn't go away I always wonder that, but I think it's, I mean, radio has been around for such a long time, and I think radio's kind of more transitioning into podcasts, Mm -hmm. so I, with that being said, I don't think it's going to go away, and I think people really, really love learning from podcasts. Mm -hmm. It's just, like, the best platform for learning, for connecting with new people, for entertainment, comedy, um, you know, storytelling, there's just so much that can be done with it. Um, to be completely honest, as much as I say that I love podcasting, I didn't start listening to podcasts until about two and a half years ago or something. The mm-hmm. summer, I think it was like the summer of 2017, which is not that long ago. I didn't really, podcasting just wasn't on my radar. Um, I mentioned on another podcast that I was on that it was mainly my friend Mary Elizabeth, who was also a dancer, who introduced me to podcasts, and so thank goodness for her, I wouldn't really, <laughs> like, have this whole platform. Yeah, I, w- I wonder if sometimes it's getting oversaturated, and if that's going to impact it negatively, but I don't, I hope it doesn't. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Um, I haven't really thought about it, but I think it definitely is super easy to make a podcast. Like, literally all you need, you don't even need a microphone. Like, you can use your phone. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, and there's hosting sites that are free, Mm -hmm. and, like, you literally could do it with Mm -hmm. your phone. So, I like that you can kind of be your own journalist without, you know, being Terry Gross. (laughs) Um, It's really accessible, and anyone can do it if you want. Mm-hmm. I think it's hard because there's so many podcasts, though, to get noticed or at least, mm-hmm. like, get noticed even if on a, in a smaller capacity, like, just in a city mm-hmm. versus, like, you know, nationally or globally. But um, I think if if it's a good podcast, it's worth trying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I think don't just make a podcast just to have – just to say you have a podcast. You And you have to know why – you want to have a podcast, that's the first question that you should answer when you're thinking about starting one. And, yeah, I think you just, if you're going to make a podcast, you really need to make it with intention, not just to make money and not to get a following. Otherwise, it's not, like, the content's not, just not going to be good because you're not thinking of it from the listener's perspective at all. Mm -hmm. You're thinking of it from money's perspective. Mm-hmm. And it's not even easy to make money doing a podcast. No, so it's really not. You've... I mean, it's, I think it's like, there's so many local brands here in Cleveland that you can, if you wanted to have a podcast, you can always reach out to like smaller brands that are local. But I think 
if you're just starting out, reaching out to like care of or Squarespace, like it's going to be a lot harder. So mm-hmm. I just wouldn't even focus on that when you're first starting. I would focus on not that you even asked me to give advice. You're fine. <laughs> um, yeah, I would just really focus on the content first before focusing on making money. Mm-hmm. So, uh, what's your favorite thing about Cleveland? Mm. I think I love that we're by water. I'm a Pisces, so I just just being near water, even if I'm not in in it. Just I just it feels so good. And the restaurants, I think the mm-hmm. food we have great food here. That and the community. I when I like I said when I first started the podcast, I had no idea what community was here. I was like, ah, I wish I lived in New York. They're always talking about all the events they go to, you know, in LA and New York, but we have that here in Cleveland. Mm-hmm. So I think it's amazing. And I think the community is even better than it would be in like a bigger city because it's a smaller city. It's easier to connect with so many people. Mm-hmm. I would say it's more attainable mm-hmm. to build a community here in a smaller city. What about you? What's your favorite? Uh, oh, that's a good question. Um, oh, I don't know. Probably the community. I think I said on my Cleveland episode that the community is my favorite part of Cleveland. Mm-hmm. Um, besides the food. And I also enjoy living by water. Mm-hmm. Wait till it's warm. I just want to go sit on the beach. <laughs> I don't like the beach, though. But really? I just like, yeah, I've, I mean, I grew up in Avon Lake, so I was like, you know, we were right on the water. We, I could walk out my door, and I wasn't like, I didn't live on Lake Road, but I could I could mm. see it from yes. down the ways. That's nice. Um, so, yeah, I could never live in a place that, like, didn't have water or was, like, inland. Like, mm-hmm. oh, no. like when people live inland in Florida, I'm like, what's the point? Why would you live in Florida <laughs> if you're not going to live near the beach? Yeah, exactly. Thank you. <laughs> like, that should just be, like, wasted land. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just park all the cars there or yeah. something. <laughs> what's your favorite restaurant here? Um, I have, I usually do a top three, which would be Salt, Bakersfield, and, oh, oh, the last one's Flying Fig. Oh, okay. Have I been there? Yes. No. I can't remember. I think I have. It's not the Black Pig, it's Flying Fig. (laughs) Yeah, it's the Black Pig that I've never been to. Okay. Uh, food. I wish I could go out to eat right now, but I can't spend money. (laughs) Yeah, I feel that. I would literally go to a new restaurant every day if I could. That's another thing that I'm obsessed with. Like, I would have a a restaurant if I could. You should just have a restaurant in your space. Yeah, I think it would be, like, if... I think it would be cool to have that as, like, another facet. Like, I have Muse Room, which is, like, the virtual thing. Mm -hmm. Muse House, which is the, like, the actual space. And then I could have Muse Table, the restaurant. Ooh, (laughs) you thought about this. Yeah. Yeah, don't. Don't take my ideas, ideas, people. (laughs) Cool. So I guess my last question is, you know, we talked a little bit about joy, but how are you making it a priority in your life? I think never settling, just really, really focusing on designing my life in the way that I want to. If I settle, then I'm just going to end up doing something because it's comfortable and comfort doesn't really equal joy, I don't Mm -hmm. think. Um, and that's hard because there are days where I just want to lay in bed and watch friends, Mm -hmm. trying to keep motivated, stay motivated so that I can reach that point. So like when you reach 
when whenever you get to the point where you have all the things that you just talked about, mm-hmm. you know, the the space where everyone is there and stuff, like at that point, do you think you'll feel success or do you think you've already started to feel success? I think success is very subjective, mm-hmm. but I think it is tricky and people can it kind of clouds people's judgment a little mm-hmm. bit because I think it stunts their joy when they're so focused on yeah. reaching success. But then, you know, it's it's how do you measure success? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, I think, like, just even publishing my first episode, I felt success. Mm-hmm. And I think you can feel success along each step of the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think that's actually a good reminder to not focus so much on the end result and try to find joy in each step of the way. Mm-hmm. Well, do you have any final thoughts you'd like to share? If you want to have a podcast, email me and I'll help you. <laughs> um, yes, please, plug yourself. <laughs> Go for it. Um, no, but if you have any questions about podcasting, I'd love to talk to you. Um, you can message me on Instagram at Podcast. And, I mean, I just like talking about podcasting, so if you want to grab coffee and, and you're not a creepy person, I'm all for it. <laughs> Awesome. Well, thanks for being here. Yeah, thank thanks. you so much. Thanks for being my guinea pig. Of course. <laughs> it was awesome. Good job. Thank thanks. you. All right. Thanks, guys. Bye.